fantasy football lineup decisions might even be more difficult than week one, Hayden Weeks. I'll tell you why. We get to overreact to everything we just saw, the bad performances, the great performances in week one. But then we also still have all of the reasons why we drafted these players to keep them in our lineups as well. So today, it's fantasy rankings, it's positional tiers. We're going to go running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end. Outline your rankings, which people can find on Underdog Network. Some really awesome matchups this weekend. Also, I think five of the 16 games have one team favored by nine and a half points at the very least. So we should be seeing a whole, whole bunch of fancy points this weekend, Hayden. You know what doesn't lie and overreact is the damn charts. The charts, the stats, they keep us grounded here. So we're, we're going to be prepared. Okay, here we go. We're going to make this quick early on. Go and dive into certain names that we want to discuss in each and every tier. If you want a more thorough explanation of every single matchup and basically every single fancy relevant player, our preview show game by game goes live on Fridays. So be on the lookout for that. Running back tiers, Hayden Winks. We start off with no one else other then Jonathan Taylor at the one spot, Christian McCaffrey at two, Saquon Barkley already emerging as your running back three as he takes on the Carolina Panthers, woeful run defense, Joe Mixon, four, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Austin Eckler, Javante Williams, and DeAndre Swift rounds out your top 10. Yeah, I, I think we should talk about Austin Eckler. He plays tonight, um, and he only played 49% of snaps, so this week will be more of a challenge. I'm curious to see what happens in negative game script because he was rotating on passing downs weirdly, um, but I'm I'm optimistic that that was kind of just a feeling out, Sonny Michelle and all of them, that he should bounce back. Maybe not to like the top five status, but to remain as an RB1. The rest of them, all of their workloads were awesome. Javante Williams uh, and DeAndre Swift at the end of this tier rotated. But their offenses look pretty good, and they're going to be very run-heavy offenses. And I think that DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams offer more pop than their counterparts, uh, even if the consistency uh, doesn't matter as much. But ultimately, for the fantasy circles, we're looking for the big play. We talked about this on the Stats versus Film show with James Conner because he's kind of the one. I know he got in the end zone, and people are going to start him no matter what because he was taken as a top 24 running back. If you dive into when this game was actually close, it was the James Conner show between the 20s, inside the 20s. We just need that team to not enter the fourth quarter down by 30 points for him to get even more of a workload and more scoring opportunities, too. Yeah, he basically didn't play the fourth quarter. We know that you're going to lock in all those top tens. We're going to learn more, as you said, for the Austin Ecklers, Javante Williams of the world as we go on to week three. But as we continue, 11 through 20, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, Najee Harris, which I don't know how much I want to press you on because it's still kind of up in the air. Questionable. Yeah. Questionable. Yeah. Alvin Kamara as running back 15. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones back-to-back. Antonio Gibson. Daryl Henderson emerges into the top 20 running backs. David Montgomery and CEH closes this tier. Alvin Kamara only played 62% of snaps last week. Uh, Mark Ingram actually played the two-minute drill, and there was a two-point conversion at the end of the game, and he was in on that instead of Alvin Kamara. Uh, they said that he's dealing with a rib injury, so it's kind of hard to play that game of it, how much that playing time downgrade was because of injury or not. But I think the big thing here is with the Packers. I have moved... Yep. A.J. Dillon ahead of Aaron Jones. This is for half PPR. Um, and the reason is just because the goal line usage. Uh, 13 to 1 inside the five-yard line touches in their last eight games healthy together uh, in favor of A.J. Dillon. So that's how I'm going to be breaking this tie. Uh, lots of running back or offensive line injuries for the Packers. But A.J. Dillon just too fluid as a receiver now. 
and he's getting the goal line opportunity. It's kind of hard to make it work for Aaron Jones. We again outlined that one with tape to back up that change in ranking because Aaron Jones is the one who I think spent 13 of his 32 snaps not in the backfield. Meanwhile, yeah. AJ Dillon saw 29 of 31 in the backfield. You want the guy who's getting the carries, the touches out of the backfield, and not the one who's the window dresser, the motion man that can create some fun and, and big plays for this offense is now. And who knows if it changes with Alan Lazard possibly coming back here in, in week two. But what we saw in week one, especially what you just outlined, the high value touches, it just makes sense for the flipping to happen with AJ Dillon going ahead of Aaron Jones. The Packers are in a good spot here, just in general matchup-wise. Uh, same thing with, obviously, Jonathan Taylor. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, both are in good matchups. Uh, we'll get to Miles Sanders in a second. Um, but yeah, I think people are saying Antonio Gibson. I think that's a good conversation. I think he's firmly a running back, too, um, at this point. So uh, all the touches were there. A lot of schemed-up touches we talked about in the Fantasy Usage Model show. But he's not playing all the downs. J.D. McKissick's still out there, but on the early downs, they're making an emphasis to get him not to block, get him out in space quicker in the route and let his athleticism kind of take over. Quickly, the one back that is now in the top 20 that was out of the top 20 heading into week one is Daryl Henderson. Um, oh, yeah. It, we have to trust him. I mean, the snaps were everything in his favor, 13 carries, five receptions to go along with those five targets. Uh, I know that Sean McVay spent the summer talking about split backfields and it even felt like Kyron Williams was going to run ahead of, of Cam Akers. It almost feels like because they do not trust for multiple reasons Cam Akers at this moment that they were reverting back to Daryl Henderson, a one feature back workhorse until something changes. But I think we have to go into with the presumption that Daryl Henderson is going to get back to that 70% workload at least this week. Yeah, he played 82% of the snaps wild. last week. Um, so, yeah. That's the, the so one, wild in comparison to what they said all summer, you know? Yeah. Well, I think they just they were hoping that Cam Akers was going to look better than what he has. And Cam Akers, multiple times, was not getting out in the route. There's like some pass uh, issues for Cam Akers. And that's why he didn't play on top of it, just like the, the lack of explosion. The Rams offensive line's a total mess. The center's out. The left guard was absolutely terrible. Same thing with Joe Newpum. It's... It's no good up there, but he's going to have all of the touches. Yeah, and they're favored by 10 points in this game at yeah. home to the Atlanta Falcons, which... Wait, 28 that, points they're supposed to score. That was a little higher than I was expecting. I'm not sure. They looked sloppy last week. They did. That that should, though, set up for a ton of points, obviously, with their right. projected point total. Okay, speaking of the Falcons, Cordero Patterson, the legend 31-year-old, starts off and kicks off Tier 3 here at 21st overall. Kareem Hunt, then Miles Sanders, Chase Edmonds, Damien Harris... Josh Jacobs, both Jets backs with Michael Carter ranking ahead of Brees Hall. You had that last week as well. Jeff Wilson and then Devlin Singletary rounds out as running back 30. I think it's actually a pretty decent tier. Like the drop off from the 11 to 20 to the 21 to 30 group isn't that big. Like I was trying to move Michael Carter up and up and up because he's like the 60 40 back and Joe Flacco is going to throw 1400 checkdowns. Um, and same thing with like CPAT and Kareem Hunt. Like these, they have like legitimate roles. Uh, Cordell Patterson was like the running back five in fantasy so last week. Uh, he looked awesome on tape. Lots of outside, get him out in space and let him just cook out there. The one thing I'm trying to keep in touch is just Damian Williams was out for most of that game. He's probably going to come back this week. And if it's not him, Tyler Algier. So he's probably not going to get as many uh, touches and snaps as he did last week. But still, he looks like one of their best playmakers and they have to get him the ball. We'll talk about this on Friday's preview show. But you have... 
Damien Harris a full tier ahead of Ramondre Stevenson. We know that Ty Montgomery went on IR this week. I don't think someone like Pierre Strong or J.J. Taylor is going to hop into here and make this a three-person grouping. Once again, it's going to be condensed in this backfield. And as soon as we saw that with Ty Montgomery, immediately people wanted to jump back on to the Ramondre Stevenson train, which I get. He's a really talented player. He's explosive. But once again, on a weekly, annual basis, people seem to just be overlooking Damien Harris, who was also being worked in the passing game last week, too. Yeah, it wasn't like Ramondre Stevenson. If he was going to be the passing down back, they would have, I think, tried to get him on the field over Ty Montgomery. So um, I think it's, they're basically going to rotate drive. I'm very curious to see if like who gets like the two minute drill, uh, something like that. But I think right now it's basically splitting the workload 55 40 with another little five, 10 percent for leftovers. And I think that's enough to get them into the like RB three discussion. The Patriots aren't projected for that many points this week, though. Right. Well, rightfully so after what they produced on the field. Last weekend, and now they get the Pittsburgh Steelers even without TJ Watt. Okay, 31. You have Travis Etienne over James Robinson at 32. That's shocked me, Hayden. Then Melvin Gordon, then Ezekiel Elliott, Rashad Penny. Just listing a few names here. Ramondre Stevenson, Rex Burkhead, Kenyon Drake, and then Damian Pierce rounds out as running back 40. A few names I want to hit on here as we go along. Yeah, the Jaguars rotation, it just basically they trust James Robinson. He got most of the goal line carries, the short yardage stuff. Travis Etienne gets out there for the explosive plays on passing downs. Had a couple issues in pass protection. Also looked explosive. Also missed a touchdown because of Trevor Lawrence. Also swatted volleyball spike something at the, the line scrim. It is chaos out there in Jacksonville. It's going to be close to, I'm not sure if it's called 50-50, but they are close in my rankings here. I think both of them are RB3s, not RB2s. He needs an explosive play, Travis Etienne, and he was very close to a couple, you know, last weekend. It's going to hit and really hit in a good way one of these games, and it could be, you know, this weekend against the Indianapolis Colts defense. Um, okay, well, we go from one week to Damian Pierce being, I don't know, a top 30 back to now being the 40th overall back in your rankings. It felt like Lovey Smith instantly regretted the usage that he had with right. Rex Burkhead going to the media and saying, well, when we reflected on this, we want to get Damian Pierce the ball more and more and more. Um, but Hayden, even in the moment when this game went to overtime, as you outlined, Rex Burkhead had every single snap in overtime in trusted situations. Yeah, Burkhead was the RB14 in fantasy usage. Damian Pierce was the RB47. I think those will even out uh, over time. And I thought that Pierce looked good, but it's, it's hard to put him in your starting lineup after how little he played, especially late. Um, in that game, I, I do want to move move back uh, just up to Jeff Wilson real quick, just because yep. a lot of people spent fab dollars on him. Uh, I think he's going to be the one. He is a bruiser type. He hasn't handled big workloads for long stretches of time. Very curious if Jordan Mason or Tyrion Davis Price still work. But you and I are both under the assumption that what 30, 40 percent of the running back touches will be going okay. to Debo Samuel. Um, the 49ers are projected for like 25 points, which is much higher uh, than I think I was expecting them to be projected for. So Jeff Wilson projects reasonably well, but I don't think he's going to have the Eli Mitchell role because he doesn't have the same exact skill set. Yeah. And not just overall 30, 40% backfield usage, Debo Samuel red zone usage. I mean, yes. he got three to four running back carries last week when Eli Mitchell was still in the ball game. Like, Debo is the best outside runner that this team has. He has incentives in his contract for rushing. You know, 
they want to win games. So I just don't see high value touches in Jeff Wilson's future. When now you also add on the fact that previously, when you talk about Jeff Wilson usage in the past is with Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever else at quarterback and not Trey Lance at quarterback, who's also a red zone threat with his legs. And also right. Brandon, you can get those too. So while he might get 13 carries, 15 carries, I don't see us getting six points very often from Jeff Wilson, which is very different to me than other running back insurance, running back handcuffs that we have for other teams when they step into starting roles. The team they're playing also running back chaos. It sounds like Ken Walker is going to play. He got into full practice early in the week. Uh, so Rashad Penny versus Ken Walker. We'll see. I thought, like you said, Rashad Penny looked very good. Uh, had a couple explosive runs. I thought is, I mean, very powerful also with enough speed. Uh, Geno Smith played well. I think that he's going to be able to maintain this offense, at least moving the ball a little bit. Um, so Rashad Penny, I wanted to move him up, but I think Ken Walker is going to be splitting some of that early down usage probably best to not be starting either of them, but I rank right. Rashad Penny uh, slightly ahead of Walker for now. And you have Khalil Herbert, I believe as running back 44. Um, he got in the end zone last week. If you checked out the stats versus film show, if you check out Hayden's fancy usage model and, and the the blueprint, um, you see that it's two series for Dave Montgomery than one series for Khalil Herbert. It just happened that Herbert's was the one that took them from 13 to 10 up to <clears throat> 20 to 10 as well. So some might be wanting that to flip in terms of usage overall. I would say I need to see it to believe it in order for Khalil Herbert to be ranked higher than David Montgomery. Yeah, good hand with uh, with David Montgomery. Wherever the consensus ranking is for David Montgomery, the true consensus is actually five spots ahead of that. Got it. Wide receiver tears time. That was great at running back. Now we go into the lifeblood, the drumbeat, some might say, of fantasy football. No shock. Wide receiver one, Cooper Cup. Wide receiver two, Justin Jefferson. I mean, this tier is so legendary. Devontae Adams next. Jamar Chase. Stephon Diggs. A.J. Brown. I would say that there's a huge cutoff after that top six. Like, those top six really separated themselves. But again, we continue to wide receiver seven, Mike Evans. Then Michael Pittman, then Tyree Kill, and Debo Samuel. Again, that rounds out your top 10 wide receivers. For the Buccaneers, I'm uh, ranking this assuming Chris Godwin is out, but the rest of them are in. Mike Evans, Julio Jones, all like Russell Gage, they're not going to practice that much. It's like an older roster. They're going to, like, right. don't worry about the early week practice reports. They're all going to play, I'm assuming. Uh, Michael Pittman was awesome. Wide receiver four fantasy usage in week one. He's a true number one receiver. I think that you can make an argument very soon that he's a top 15 real life receiver, and the receivers behind them. We're all in a rotation. Nobody was really getting anything going. Drop passes, and it's just going to be Michael Pittman out there. Not to put you in a pickle, but wide receiver 11 is Mike Williams. He plays tonight. Hayden, yep. people might be watching this on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. What are your expectations for Michael Pittman on Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs defense? Yeah, Mike Williams, This uh, Keenan Allen's not going to play uh, in his three last games against the Chiefs. Big Mike, nine, nine, and seven targets. He's averaging 93 yards against them with the touchdown in each of those games. The Charger projected for the ninth most points. They don't have the cornerback play, and Michael Williams is still out there every single time. So uh, uh, my take is you don't deserve his highs if you can't take his lows. <laughs> Marquise Brown, wide receiver 12. Cortland Sutton is wide receiver 13. Just a comment from me, an extreme negative game script in a situation where he was going up against a weaker cornerback room, some might suggest, uh, when Russell Wilson was throwing down the field. We didn't get that much Cortland Sutton usage, and that's a little worrying with how much they threw their tight ends, but I don't expect him to have that tight end usage each and every week. Uh, T. Higgins here makes it as your wide receiver 14. 
Yeah, I'm assuming that he's going to play through his concussion. Got a limited practice, and I'll tinker it later if he's out. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 15. Amon Ross St. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Gabriel Davis as wide receiver 18. Then this closes out pretty swiftly with DJ Moore and Christian Kirk. Yeah, I, I would definitely want to bring up Christian Kirk just because of how crazy that week one game is. If you look at the Jaguars and how often they used their wide receivers, there's a third highest of the week last week. And Christian Kirk, it was the vertical slot routes that we were talking about, and that matches up with Trevor Lawrence's skill set. So uh, ultimately, Christian Kirk was the wide receiver three in air yards, the wide receiver three in the fantasy usage model, 29% target share. I think he's more of a wide receiver two than a wide receiver three. All 10 of his targets originated from the slot, which is exactly the type of usage that we want to see. And they are four-point underdogs here at home against the Indianapolis Colts defense. Wide receiver 21, Jerry Judy, then Terry McLaurin. And then we get Michael Thomas back. We have to be really enthused from what we saw in Michael Thomas in week one. And now they are going up against the Tampa Bay defense. Very good. But the Saints team as a whole has had a lot of success in recent years against the Bucs. Week one, Michael Thomas was limited all week, and then he wasn't an every down player in week one. I'm hoping that's not just like because there's more wide receivers, but hopefully that's because he was just coming back from his injuries. His playing time is going to tick up. I thought he looked good, at least straight line speed. Um, I'd like to see more on the in breaking routes and all that stuff. But I mean, he had a couple catches against AJ Terrell. So uh, yep. pretty bullish on Michael Thomas long term. Uh, same thing with DK Metcalf. We'll go over the, the, the Geno Smith tape from last week. He was PFS number two. Uh, quarterback on the week and Geno Smith's kind of low-key a playmaker but also like, just gets rid of the ball and lets his guys cook and I think that DK Metcalf is going to separate from Tyler Lockett for the first time in their career when it comes to just targets uh, all the on-off splits with Geno Smith uh, are in favor of DK Metcalf over Tyler Lockett. Darno Mooney up next I didn't have his first catch in the game until the fourth quarter but obviously we get hopefully a clean field this week as the Chicago Bears take on the Green Bay Packers uh, then Deontay Johnson, who is attached to now Mitch Trubisky. What a shame. Jalen Waddle after this. If Jalen Waddle didn't have that one catch and run between three defenders and off the races, um, it was going to be a much, much quieter day from Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill because they really are using Tyreek as an extension of the running game. And we didn't right. really see that usage as often, even close to as much than we did for Jalen Waddle. Waddle didn't play every single snap either because when they go to one wide receiver set, which this offense does because it's Shanahan create craziness with their tight ends uh Jalen Waldo wasn't out there so that kind of hurts him like on the margins a little bit uh Drake London very bullish on him long term he had seven routes and one wide receiver sets he is the alpha obviously when old Zacchaeus is the number two uh, I can see Drake London winning the offensive rookie of the year uh he only had 72 percent snaps because he was limited coming into this game if that gets up to 90 percent it's it's go time for Drake yep and CD Lamb closes here as the wide receiver 30 uh props to you if you can still stomach a, a cd lamb week our pick projections have his his higher lower set at 10.5 half ppr points 10.5 yeah i'm going lower okay 31 alan robinson back in our lives i get it hayden i'm with you we broke it down i really think that alan robinson was invisible in this last week one because he was lost and two the bills pass rush up front coupled with the rams offensive line just wouldn't allow Matthew Stafford to get deep into his progressions, especially on those backside concepts. And we know that's where Odell thrived in a lot last year. So Allen Robinson was brought in to do this year. And if your quarterback is doing everything front side and not necessarily getting to his backside reads, then that's going to hurt someone like Allen Robinson. Stafford looked like shit too. Just he did. He really did. <laughs> <laughs> they were all bad. It wasn't just one. Except I know. for Cooper Cup, they were all bad. The running and Tyler Higby. 
and Tyler Higby. Um, Amari Cooper as wide receiver 34 was great in my pass interference league last week. But right. for real, though, he had some really deep shots and deep targets that were penalized, had some holdings, too. Um, I just cannot trust Jacoby Brissett on a week to week basis. We'll see how that roller coaster goes. I think he's going to be a spike week player. But they will be trailing more than they were last week. So I think that Amari Cooper is going to be fine. They're not going to be trailing this week against the New York Jets. They're projected for like more points than the Cardinals. There's a fun fact for you. Well, I mean, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going right. to dominate this right. week. Um, okay. Next up, it is Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, oh, yeah. Elijah Moore, MVS, Brandon Ayuk, Josh Palmer, Hunter Renfro, and Tyler Boyd. Anyone in that 31 to 40 category you want to bring up? This is the could easily put up a zero for you tier, but they have big play ability. Uh, let's talk Josh Palmer. Uh, yeah, what happened was Keenan Allen leaves. Josh Palmer plays every single two wide receiver set snap. They're both. It's gonna be Mike Williams and Josh Palmer on the outside. He's not going to kick into the slot where Keenan Allen was playing. Instead, that's going to go to Deandre Carter. Deandre Carter had an awesome game. Uh, Justin Herbert was throwing absolute missiles to him. Uh, but Josh Palmer is going to have more routes, more snaps, and they're using him in the screen game. This was in the preseason. This was what we saw late last season. They in same thing last week. Josh Palmer. Uh, I think that you can put him into your flex uh, if you have to, if you're really desperate for wide receivers. Yeah, the theory of the pick, which we advocated for all the way back in early June for Josh Palmer, and he was going as like wide receiver 71, was for if one of these two wide receivers goes down, he's in the starting lineup, and he is here. The difference is he's not going to be that pure slot player in this dynamic. He's going to be out wide opposite Mike Williams. But then, as we saw, the Chargers love to do trips on one side and get both Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter in the slot on the same side of the field. Okay, 41 through 50. All the way down already, Hayden. Wide receiver 41, Devontae Smith. The people are crying at him. The Eagles passed more, but not like a whole lot more, you know? And they threw the ball a shit ton to A.J. Brown. And the big difference to me is a lot of in-breaking routes, a lot of screen work for A.J. Brown. Devonta Smith glued to the sideline. Much harder to win out there. Way harder uh, routes. He had a couple drops. Didn't have this, his best game. I think that he's going to be extremely inconsistent. Uh, last week was a game where even Dallas Goddard was kind of doing whatever when it comes to usage as well. So, uh we love Jalen Hurts, but I think it's just going to be very low floor for Devonta Smith, similar to last year. 42, Tyler Lockett. 43, DJ Chark, who's an every down, every snap player for the Detroit Lions. Be on the lookout for him. Russell Gage, the Patriots wide receiver duo with Jacoby Myers and Devontae Parker. Robbie Anderson checks in here. And then we close out not only with Greg Dorch, but with Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel. Those are three players who were very active on the waiver wires this week, Hayden. Yeah, Greg Dorch, I'm surprised they even have a, a picture for, for this team. Oh, I had to go Greg. deep. I had to go deep to create this for us. Good. Uh, yeah, Greg Dorch, I mean, this is more of like a, a DFS play. Um, 96% routes on the dropbacks, and he's basically in the Rondell Moore role. The offensive line looked disastrous, which means a lot of checkdowns, uh, potentially to Greg Dorch. I'm expecting, obviously, Rondell Moore not to play, and same thing with DeAndre Hopkins. So he was a, he was an every-down player ahead of A.J. Green. So now, he deserves some love. On top of that, he really truly did have the Rondell Moore role where he had like a two A dot outside of that 27 yard mm -hmm. catch that he had down the field. Right. Yeah. Um, so I would say the ceiling is is somewhat capped, but it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to see Greg Dorch out there. Any anything you want to say about Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel? Because their usage was quite right. different between the two. 
very hard to rank because uh, I'm keeping Terry McLaurin still as a top 25 fantasy wide receiver, even though he didn't get targeted very often. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to be able to keep all three of them. It's going to be very inconsistent probably for all three of them. Curtis Samuel underneath, Jahan Dotson and, and Terry McLaurin basically running vertical routes on the, on the perimeter. Uh, I think all three of them are good players. They complement each other very well. Lots of speed in this uh, offense. So uh, I just think there's it's going to be spiked week. So I think better in best ball better in DFS and redraft that you're going to have to be taking some zeros, I think, uh, occasionally from these guys. Okay, 51 through 60, then we'll move on to the other positions. Any names you want to talk about here? Like players like Zay Jones make the list. Finally, took enough time. Uh, Robert Woods all the way down here, and then we get to the end and two very different rookies and George Pickens, who had minimal production because, once again, Mitchell Trubisky is his quarterback. And then Chris Olave, who who did have production, but not quite as much, obviously, as his teammates in Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas. This is the three wide receiver zone. Uh, Chris Olave, George Pickens, they were all out there. Like those offenses are basically a three wide receiver set only. So it just kind of comes down to who's going to be able to get the ball most often. Uh, same thing with Zay Jones. Isaiah McKenzie's in a committee. Uh, and same thing with somebody like Corey Davis in committee. McCole Hardman in a little bit of committee, but their offenses are palatable uh the packers uh i am not projecting alan lazard in but he easily could play uh the packers wide receivers man it's a joke i wouldn't play any of them until, until alan lazard gets back i will say i think alan lazard might be back and i think christian watson sooner rather than later is going to be running ahead of romeo Dobbs, like full time okay that's just my take uh before we move on to quarterbacks and tight ends you've made it this far it is so cool to not only see the live chat but also the comments afterwards for all of you pitching and asking lineup questions and, and conundrums and everyone on, on the community answering them for each other and getting in these conversations. It's been so cool to see. If you want to join us for our Sunday morning show, it starts at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. We're doing start sets for basically an hour and a half. Um, you can do that via voicemail. The voicemail is linked in the description down below. Send one in. We're going to play it. Those were electric last week, and we had so much fun with them. But again, be on the lookout for not only the preview show, on Friday, which is game by game, matchup by matchup, but also the Sunday morning starts it show that we have as well. Okay. Quarterback tears time. Start off Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. If one of those five of your quarterbacks, you can't go wrong. If you don't have one of them, what, what exactly are you doing this week? You know, I mean, we, we said it during draft season. And I know it's kind of been the case in previous years. I think maybe more than any other year this season, it's going to be if you paid up for that elite quarterback. And if not, you're not shit out of luck each and every week, but you're just being left behind. You're in the dust a little bit. Do you know who the the quarterback one streamer of the week is? Derek Carr. Look at them. Projected for over 28 points this week. Yeah. They're going to pass the ball. Josh Jacobs looked horrendous, in my opinion. And Devontae Adams looked goaded as usual darren waller looked like he was moving all right and they yeah, didn't he was get this close from a touchdown to darren waller just threw it behind him a little bit Derek carr didn't have a good week you know and no, he didn't and, but he still moved the ball like it was right. like there's a couple bad plays but he, yep. still it's just like a, it's going to be a relentless offense like it's just going to keep coming i think Derek carr like rest of the season i would take him over matthew stafford i would take him over Kirk cousins over Dak. with you like maybe even over tom brady i think we're gonna get close this this offense is just going to be cooking man it really is you're, you're, you're jumping ahead 
Your quarterback eight is Derek Carr. Six is Kyler Murray. Talk about bad weeks and even more bad weeks. Joe Burrow as quarterback seven. Have a real detailed breakdown of his game tomorrow on the preview show. So be on the lookout for that. The Steelers did some really, really smart things against him last weekend. And now he gets the Dallas Cowboys defense. So it's Michael Parsons and we can go from there. Uh, Matthew Stafford as your quarterback nine. And then Russell Wilson as your quarterback 10. Yeah, I wanted to move Matthew Stafford down, but I'm very conflicted this week just because they're projected, I mean, in the elite category. Like Vegas is like basically throwing out that week one performance, even though I think that there were some structural issues with that week one performance. So I, I ranked him higher than I wanted to initially. I, I know you keep bringing up team point projections here. I want the people at home to understand that like when people, smart people build DFS lineups, if you're trying to pay down at quarterback or find someone in this tier, it's if you're home favored, and your team's expected to score by 23 points. Uh, I mean, the Rams are expected to win by 10 points this week against the Atlanta Falcons. And what that puts their total around 28, 29 points as yeah. a whole. Like that's yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong. Uh, yeah. Okay, quarterback 11. This is where you have Tom Brady. Why? Why is he so low, Hayden? I understand that like they didn't throw as much as they did last year, but I don't think that that's a Tom Brady issue. He's still super quick. And super aggressive throwing down the field. Yeah, it just goes back to this chart. The the Bucs aren't projected to score that many points this week, 23-ish points. The matchup's not great historically. Uh, they also were way lower in neutral pass rate last week. It's a trend that I'm I'm not fully believing yet, um, but I'm, I'm at least monitoring the situation. So I think Tom Brady's fine. His arm still looked electric yep. last year. There's some throws on the run down to the sideline. That was just like beautiful. couple Julio, uh, nearly a, a, a sports center top 10 Julio Jones catch on the sideline. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think Tom Brady. And then I think the cliff, I think, ends after Trey Lance. Me too. I mean, I can't put Aaron Rodgers up ahead of Trey Lance or as higher the quarterback 13. It goes Kirk Cousins for you, then Trey Lance, then Aaron Rodgers. It's just hilarious to me. We're here in week two, and Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff are right next to each other in tier three. The freaking Lions are projected <laughs> for 25 points. What do you want me to do here? They look functional, man. They got They got dudes. <laughs> They, they fit the formula that I just said. Home, favorite, expected to score by 23 points. Looking why good. not Jared Goff? Um, the people need to know why they need to start Trey Lance. Should they tune into the, uh, I mean, go watch the Stats versus Film show and tune into the preview show for it? Because I don't think we got the full scope of, of excitement, of explosiveness from the 49ers last week against the Bears. Yeah, very curious. Well, we'll talk about it more. I, I got Trey Lance takes for days. Okay. The rest of the quarterbacks, if you need to start them, you can see them on this list, 16 through 25, all the way from Matt Ryan to Trevor Lawrence as quarterback 20. In fact, Marcus Mariota ranks one spot ahead for Hayden as quarterback 19. And then this ends with Jameis Winston and Mac Jones. Okay. There's quarterbacks. Time for tight ends. Hayden, I don't have any cool looking tiers for this one because uh, I had some meetings to run into, but let's go. It. It's Travis Kelsey. Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, and Dalton Schultz are your top five tight ends. Yeah, Dalton Schultz, he's just going to catch a million passes underneath. Uh, Darren Waller, 80% routes on dropbacks. Kyle Pitts, 84, 84% snaps, 72% routes. Uh, they're going to be totally fine. Mark Andrews and I think Travis Kelsey are going to separate themselves from everybody else, I think possibly by a wide margin. Mark Andrews, I think is going to go crazy. Uh, third in neutral pass rate last week, the Ravens were ran around 94% dropbacks. The Jets couldn't keep up. So Mark Andrews uh, didn't have a crazy day, but Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, when it comes to usage, I think it's not even going to be close. I think they're going to lap everybody else. Like Darren Waller, 16% target share last week. 
Um, that's just not going to cut it. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey will be well into the 20s, uh, and their offense is just a little bit better. And Dalton Schultz, not saying he's going to have the ceiling that he did with Dak Prescott, but he's going to sit in the zones and be a volume sponge. Just if the quarterback was Dak Prescott and if his quarterback is Cooper Rush, that is his game. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Dallas, I mean, the rest of them, like like Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkins, Pat Fryermuth, Zach Ertz, Dawson Knox. I mean, we're talking about iffy-ish usage. Pat Fryermuth had the best usage. He was the tight end one last yeah. week. But, I mean, the Trubisky film was so bad. And I trust all the, the three wide receivers. It's I'm not sure how sticky that's going to be. Um, and then we had a great breakdown on Dawson Knox uh, in the fantasy usage model show, why he was blocking and how sticky that is. So go back and watch that. Uh, I will say, want to make a note on Gerald Everett. He is playing tonight. He is one of my favorite tight end twos. You can even put him on the low end tight end one in a 12 team league. He was out there plenty, uh, had a pretty sweet touchdown grab in the corner. No Keenan Allen just opens up a couple more targets potentially to him. And Donald Parham remains out. So if, if you're doing Gerald Everett versus Evan Ingram and Albert Owen stuff, I would just go Gerald Everett. Uh, make this game a little more enjoyable for you on Thursday. Yeah, and a couple other ones. Tyler Higby's moved all the way up to tight in 11. Uh, the volume was really, really nice from there. And then Robert Tunyon is your tight end 21. I wouldn't be surprised if we do this show next week and he's like the tight end, I don't know, 15. He's just yep. to play more snaps, right? Because once he's out there, he's getting targeted uh, and he looks to me at least fluid. It's not shocking to me that the limited is snaps coming back from that significant injury this offseason. And as we know, Aaron Rodgers needs some people to catch the damn ball. This is true. Uh, yeah, I'm bullish on R Robert Tunyon from like October on. Is Juwan Johnson just like a really throw shot in the dark tight end name that maybe mm -hmm. by week three everyone catches on week four everyone catches on because last week he was by far and away their number one tight end because Taysom Hills all of his production came from wildcat runs out of the yeah, back gadget yeah gadget roll Troutman's just a blocker he ran a, a route on 79% of dropbacks tied in 15 fantasy usage obviously when you have Chris Olavi Jarvis Landry Michael Thomas Alvin Kamara Jawan Johnson's targets are going to be very limited but I guess you could do worse yeah all right there we go. That's it. We've gone through all four positions. If you want more, again, matchup show is on Friday around 11 or noon Eastern. You can check it out. If you subscribe down to the YouTube channel, we're not going through defensive tier rankings. I refuse. I refuse. Yeah, to do we're that. not sickos. We are not. We are not sickos. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Go and check out the shows upcoming this week. We will see you on Friday and on Sunday up the villa. Speak to you all soon. Bye. <laughs>